Hello, testes. One, two, three. Craig Spivak here. 459 podcast, episode number 47. February 3rd, 2021. Time stamped accordingly. Not much going on today. I'm doing a little nature walk. I have begun a, I don't know what you call it, a nature project in which I am digging out a whole bunch of tar and concrete that some people poured over the summit area of this one hiking trail. And uh, I just spent about an hour, hour and a half today just sort of initiating it and getting to know it. And uh, shoveling out as much as I could. And it's just a massive amount of crap that somebody just basically dumped there. It's just terrible. I think there was an initial floor plan or some idea, maybe a rest area there. Because there's a solid poured area of cement with uh, a bunch of asphalt, like black asphalt, tar asphalt around it. So it looks like it was a makeshift sort of platform or something. I'm not sure. And it was clear it was done like had to be done like 50 years ago and it's all cracked up and just a mess. It's really gross. So I'm going to try to clear it up slowly but surely. Um, I'm up here top of Tampa. I don't know if you can hear, but there's a lady about 100 feet down the hill from me. She's just, she's in her jogging gear. She has a nice oversized ass, which is nice. But she is so loud on the phone. So very loud here. We'll pass her, and there's a biker coming to garbage can for recyclables and looks like her son is staring yes, mama go mama goes for a walk and to bitch and moan and complain on phone leave me here by car god I can hear uh, taking stuff taking stuff Back on the street. All right. Hey, all right. I don't think he was fully present. Bothers me when kids aren't fully present. So, uh, 
a shovel here. Put the shovel down. Stuff. Opening my trunk. I'm putting the recyclables in the car, in the trunk. Wanting to recycle, I'm putting the shovel in the trunk. It looks bad that there's a shovel in the trunk. Like I'm a killer, burying bodies. Coming out of nature with a shovel. Okay. Just successfully buried a body. I don't care. You wanna arrest me? Go ahead! You sons of bitches. Uh, I thought I would start hauling out the the uh, the rock. The polluted rock, I guess you'd call it. Um, but there's just way too much of it. And I'm gonna let it build for a while, and then uh, then get it out of there. And then maybe when it's all done, uh, I will put something in there. Maybe put some flowers in there, plant some plant some trees or flowers or something. Uh, so uh, that's what I'm doing. I'll put. Uh, Pictures up on Instagram. C Spivik. C S P I V E K on my Instagram. See what I'm talking about. Tonight, Cliff and I are gonna hit an open mic and we'll see how it goes. Okay. Okay. Another thing that was on my mind. Yesterday was February second, uh Groundhog's Day. And they were running Groundhog's Day on AMC movie channel with Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. Um, I believe it was directed by Harold Ramis. And it's the film that Harold Ramis and Bill Murray had a falling out on. And they didn't speak until Harold Ramis was on his deathbed and was overwhelmed and by disease and he could not speak. So they just sat with each other for a while. Well, that was too much information. Anyway, uh, the film was not as I remember. It's so much better than I remember. It was zany and wacky, but it gets so deep. I forgot about the deep part of it, and uh, it's it was just fantastic. And it got me thinking just about, you know, life choices. And he he's a jerk. Per- he's just a jerk. And... At first, he takes advantage of. Well, first, he's he's angry at the Groundhog Day effect of reliving the same day, and then he kind of accepts and has fun with it, and gets laid a couple times, and crashes cars, and then he, and then he he sets his sight on Andy McDowell and tries to tries to hump her with it, and he fails because she's a decent person, and he's not. He's just a jerk. So he tries to kill himself, and he can't even kill himself. So he kills himself 50 times over, <laughs> and he can't die. And then he finally comes into this rumination and this 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 sort of uh, headspace where he begins to accept his plight. 
And he makes changes and he evolves. And he evolves into a wonderful person who becomes worthy of love and respect and dignity. And he, and then is rewarded with Andy McDowell, I guess. You know, that's the patriarchal part of it, I suppose. But um, I, I think that it was uh, an important lesson. And we all we all kind of do that. We all sort of experience the same day over and over and over and over and whatever and blah blah blah. And it's just kind of like, can you use that rhythm of the same experience over and over again, being reiterated to yourself over and over again to become a better person, to become an idealized person, essentially, to become the person that you wish to be. In the movie, he's angling towards her, so she wants to fall in love with someone who can play an instrument and knows French poetry and is cultured and decent, so he works towards all those things. But in so doing, he opens up a valve and a channel of of evolutionary gain on his own part, which is nice, which is what love is, and that's what love does if you do it right. But it's also a love of self. Do you have enough love of self to be able to explore these things on your own? Because it's him experiencing it singularly. I found that, that, that concept just fascinating in terms of doing things over and over again till you get it right. Like uh, the action version of that was Edge of Tomorrow starring Tom Cruise. And I think Cruise's take on it was based in Scientology because in Scientology, they one of their big... Uh, lessons that you are doing is called auditing, which is when you go back to the past, to a past trauma, and you relive it, and you redo it, and you are become you become clear of it, right? And it's a very normal uh, uh, psychological method. It's a cognitive behavioral therapy that was developed, I think, in the time of Freud or Jung or someone. I don't know. And L. Ron Hubbard actually built on it and exploited it, you know, to its most horrible end in order to enslave people and hold them accountable so that they could be in a cult. You don't want to do that, (laughs) but you do want to be able to sort of be in a state where you're able to recognize past mistakes, past behavior as you're sort of experiencing it in the in the present. And then maybe you can improve on it so that you're not fucking up. That's the whole... I think that's one of the main methodologies that we employ as human beings so that we can grow. So there's been lots of, you know, exploitations of that plot concept in movies and stuff. And the the latest one is Palm Springs with Sandberg and Kristen... Miliati, I think her name is. She's kind of new. She's a sensational comic actress. She was on Thirty Rock. She's fantastic. Um, I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, but it sounds like it's exploiting a lot of the same concepts where they're stuck in a time loop and they're, they're there together to experience it, and uh, they have some fun and all that. And I'm sure they screw and screw other people, and eventually they either come to peace with it or they move on or they don't. I, whatever. Um, 
I'd like to see it, but I don't know. It's it's on Hulu. I don't, I can't even access Hulu. I, you know, I don't want to bother. Um, I I I have a feeling they don't go as deep with it as they as Groundhog Day did, and it bothers me that they're kind of just, you know, ripping off Groundhog's Day. It seems to be the the trend. That's what what a lot of people do. And they just go, oh, what, what's that idea? Let's do that and call it something else, you know. Sandberg, and it's a Lonely Island film with him and his two guys, Akiva and Yorma, and they're brilliant. I, I give them full props. They're absolutely brilliant at what they do. But I, I question, you know, their moves like I would any other filmmaker. I, I mean, their first film was Pop Star, Keep on, Never Stop, Never Stopping, The Life of Whatever. And it was terrible. I was, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't get it. And it was clearly like they had full fucking backing by a studio and by people, you know, who were big in the know and it had everyone in it. I mean, it was just star studded and it had some great moments. It was really funny in parts, whatever, but it was Spinal Tap. They just, I mean, they literally just took Spinal Tap and grafted this movie onto it (laughs) why you know it's like god forbid you should do some of your own fucking legwork you know but whatever if you're the if you're the lonely island you can do what you want and not be called out on it so i mean you could kind of go deep on it and say well they're just sort of re-examining past films the way Groundhog Day re-examines the same day in order to grow (laughs) and to re-experience something and get it right and get it better, right? So they were taking uh, a a story that had already been done and then redoing it, reliving it. In in both of their films, they essentially have done that. You know, you could go, you could make that argument just as I have just right now. And whether, you know, whether or not it works or not is up to you as far as does it help you evolve did it help the filmmakers evolve is it a good film I don't know I'm sticking with Groundhog's Day from oh boy I don't know the year it came out I usually know these things uh it's in the 80s probably 87 88 uh or maybe a little maybe even after 89 somewhere between 85 and 90 Starring Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, Chris Elliott. Directed by Harold Ramis. Check her out. You'll get back. Oh, and another thing I noticed. (laughs) Um, It's Oscar season. So, what that means is... All of the studios are putting out commercials for the films that they believe to be their Oscar bait and one of them was Palm Springs and they re-edited the trailer to make it look more Oscar worthy so the original trailer was really funny it was upbeat it was zany you know it was the Sandberg film it was that whole kind of vibe ooh Let's go skinny dipping in the pool. What? Again? You know, <laughs> it was all that. 
Well, they re-edited the trailer for emotional uh, pathos, right? So it's, let's go skinny dipping now because we can forever. And that's all like different shots in the film that they edited together in that set to make that sentence. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what they did. You know what I mean? And it was just like... Are you are you serious? Are you, that's how. I don't know. <laughs> it made me laugh. I was like, "That's really funny." Oh, you're trying to be serious. Oh, good luck. Good luck with that. So that bothered me. I, I just something about the rampant commercialization that their these studios do. The marketing department to justify uh, a budget or to justify a film or to justify a job. You know, maybe just be happy with the film that you have out, you know, and just because they know that Oscar movies are only a certain breed of kind of a a breed of film. They're Oscar bait. That's what the film is. It's either Oscar bait or it's not. And you can't really fake it. You know, they're, they're conceived that way. They're written that way. You know, if they're written well, then then they're just Oscar worthy. And that's that's the end of it. And uh I, I'm pretty sure Palm Springs is not. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Um, all right. More on the marketing machine later. I used to do trailers for porno, so I know what I'm talking about. Um, song of the day is When I Get My Hands on You by The New Basement Tapes. New Basement Tapes was an amalgamation of musicians led by uh, the Mumford & Sons guy. Um, they discovered a whole drawer fill of drawer full of Bob Dylan poetry set to no music. So they went along and took all this poetry and put music behind it and put an album out a few years back. And um, it's called The New Basement Tapes. Uh, the name of the song is I Want to Get My Hands on You. Okay, bye.